0: So we're looking at the end of David's life as Renee said and listening to him if you'll go to the next chapter uh, listening to some of the sweetest things that need to be spoken into Solomon's life that's a we've looked at that already in David's life that importance of you and I speaking into others lives and giving them the encouragement that they need. I will admit to you we have not hit Some of the more memorable stories in David's life, we've all heard those in Sunday school and have heard them preached, so we're looking at maybe different parts of David's life, so we get a a whole picture of him uh, to see some of the highs, but also many of the lows. uh, But hopefully, as Elizabeth just reminded us, and we'll do that today, to see in his life what points us to the son of David, Jesus Christ, our Savior and our King. So what's here for us this morning? David is older. He's still politically strong, but he's older and life continues to happen to David even though he's anointed by God, loved by God, favored by God. Yet another son, verse 5, yet another son exalts himself and says that he will be king. This is a common temptation we find too often in scripture for us not to see that pattern and check our own lives. This heart pride that can bubble up, this puffing up or as you see here you see it in the prodigal son and elsewhere this uh, with the older son there this hey let me get what's mine let me grasp what I can get before my other brother Solomon gets it we see that here and yet when we think about Jesus Christ the son of David what is it that he says of himself Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29 he says that he is gentle and humble of heart. Matthew Mark ten forty five. I came not to be served but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Paul later when he speaks of Jesus in Philippians 2 7 says Jesus made himself of no reputation. There was there was even though he is lifted up and exalted you watch Jesus's life even when he says about himself it's this humility But this temptation comes not only to puff up, but to take what others might try to grab. You grab it. And Paul later in the verse just before that Philippians passage, verse 6 in chapter 2, says this. Even though Jesus was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. We have now two sons who have done that with David. Really, three sons who have wrestled with pride issue. It's issues. It's a real and reoccurring temptation throughout the scriptures. How is it you and I need to hear that? Now listen, there's part of a remedy here for us. And you see it pop up in David's psalms, his songs and his conversations over and over again. Later, I encourage you to go back to 1 Samuel 22. And he speaks the words to that song, really, and it's just talking over and over again of the care of God. But then when you get down to verse 20, he says, God himself delights in me. You believe that? I love what Mark Hikes did with us a couple of weeks ago in our summer Bible study, where he said, insert your name here. Well, this is a great place to insert your name. God himself delights and Molly, and Charlie, and Roger. Do, do, do you, can you do that today and hear that word of encouragement spoken over you? It's the same thing when you get to his psalms. You get to Psalm chapter 40, verse 5. Even in the midst of the chaos of that verse, verse 5, many are thy thoughts toward us. And it's a wonderful gift that David received too to hear that from other people. I think that's part of the reason why David can get through and be who he's called to be. It's because Jonathan has spoken words like that into his life. We've talked about that before. How can you do that, but also will you receive that? I was just a new Christian. I think 10th grade, I was asked to be one of the narrators for the Christmas cantata. I was narrator number one, and one of the older members of Lovewoods United Methodist Church, Gerald Beasley, was narrator number two. And so every time we would see each other during that time, he would say, how's it going, number one? I'd say, how's it going? And then that carried on the entire time I knew him. Now, he wasn't calling me narrator number one. What was he trying to say? Hey, kid, you're number one. You're number one. You were used by God here, and I want you to know I'm going to stay with you. It was just the sweetest thing. Every time I saw that man in church, he was pumping me up, lifting me up, a brand new Christian. How's it going, number one? Uh, And you see that here from God to his people. And David can say that in the midst of all the life and stuff and hurt and betrayal that happens around him. He can say, God delights in me. People of God, God delights in you. Now, you've got to be careful with that because you go back to that Psalm 40, and the verse before that says pride is a no-no. We can't be puffed up. Corey helped me with that this week, and I'm thankful to him. Uh, he had said that he was very frustrated uh, that I've had to cut my sermons back a little bit so we can get out a little bit earlier. And I said, well, I appreciate that. He says, no, 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 I, because you've done that, I can't nap as long now. So he helped me stop any pride that might have been in my life. There's no room for exalting oneself. Paul has said it to the church in Corinth. Love is not puffed up. And to show the extent of that exaltation, you watch what happens later with this son. Uh, He's humbled by Solomon because Solomon's been given David's kingship. And so after David's death, this son... Adonijah tries to take David's concubine. Saul finds out about it, he knows it's a political move, and so we get a godfather moment. Not only is he killed, that Abiathar the priest is disposed he's under house rest forever Joab that military leader we talked about a few weeks ago yes he did he did he didn't side with Absalom but he he does side with this son and this and he's basically hanging on the horns of the altar won't let go and so basically Solomon says we'll just kill him right there and then Shemiah the dissident of David who David had spared earlier He's under house arrest, but Solomon's paranoid, so even though he takes a trip and he wasn't doing anything wrong, he gets taken out. Everybody is wiped out. Mo Green, Philip Ditalia, Cuneo, all the heads of the Godfather 5 families were gone right here. Why? Because somebody got puffed up. There's always fallout when that kind of pride, that kind of grasping happens. When it's self, and we said it last week, when I'm consumed with self, Others will pay a price. There's no room for that. And then drop down to verse 20. We didn't have time to read it this morning. But there's another strong reminder here of the importance of having our affairs in order. Now, I'm going to make a preacher stretch here, but I think it's faithful to this because in every moment of David's life, we're trying to say, tell me about your son, David. Tell me about the one who... God used your line, those line of kings, to one day be born in a manger in Bethlehem and lived a perfect life and gave that life for us on a cross. And then you, Father, took that life back up again in his resurrection. And it's through that, the blood spilled and the life taken up, that we can have life forever. It it is a reminder, I don't think it's a stretch to say to all of us, whether we've been lax during these six months with the Lord, or maybe we, for the first time, need to say to Jesus, do you have things in order with him? It's right for us to pause and say, do we have things in order with Jesus? Do that today. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you about that. Uh, John Wesley, our forefather, and this, this is uh, tough language But if you ask John Wesley, what's the one question? What was the one question that that he put before himself all the time? Or why was he reaching for Jesus? He would say, to escape the wrath that is to come. I want to have things in order with him, to have life with him. To know his forgiveness, yes. So the reminder comes through, through this story, I believe, not only to have things in order for others, but this reminder again, do I have things in order with the Lord? He'd love to meet with you today. He would. And to let you put things in order with his son, Jesus. Now, when we look to David's life, too, we're reminded again that because David has not concretely and loudly said, Solomon is the one. Solomon is, is going to be king, so that in verse 20, you've got Bathsheba coming to David and basically saying, Tell everybody he's the one. Make it loud. Make sure everybody knows that Solomon is going to be king. Because David doesn't do that, there's chaos everywhere. Even though he eventually does that here, we see it in our verses for today, feelings have been hurt, um, damage has been done, and there's all kinds of fallout because things weren't in order. As your pastor, I can tell you, um, I have watched the fallout at the end of life When people will not get their things in order. I understand the temptation to avoid some of those harder conversations. I I understand that. But I have watched children not speak to each other on the hardest day of their life because there was an argument over what picture went on the front of a bulletin cover for a funeral. If we don't have the conversations we need to have, if we don't put things in order, there will be, and you see it here with David, there will be fallout. We have got to have things in order. Now David finally does that. You get here at the end of chapter 1 and then in chapter 2, the things he says to Solomon. He does the things he needs to do to get Solomon as king. He finally speaks into Solomon what needs to be spoken but Adonijah partly, partly dies because David doesn't have things in order. If he'd have made that clear years earlier, this wouldn't have been the problem. Now, again, he exalted himself in his heart. He's got that going on. Maybe he would have grasped anyway. But David doesn't help. David actually gets in the way. You don't see that with our Savior. Jesus Christ, at the end of his life, Jesus Christ puts everything in order. Everything that, go back and read John 14 through 17 and see how he speaks into his disciples, everything they're going to need to hear and to know about. Life after the cross and resurrection. Life after the ascension when Jesus is gone. He's preparing them for years down the road in these few minutes he has with them. He's done that for three years in ministry, but so beautifully in John 14 through 17. And then in John 17, we get that high priestly prayer where Jesus is praying to his Father and saying the things he wants to say to his Father. Not just about himself, but about those disciples and even us. He's getting things in order for us right before his arrest. In the very next chapter, Jesus has things in order. He says everything he needs to say. He does everything he needs to do. How is it you and I need to respond to that this morning? To have everything in order. I know we're tired in this season. I know we're frustrated in this season. But to do that work. Maybe it's financially. You saw the screen this morning. Uh, Lord's going to offer an online Financial Peace University. That's that's starting soon. To just do that work to get things in order. Maybe it's in my family. Look, this is this is a word for me. I've been beaten up all week by this word about things I'm wrestling with that need to be spoken in an extended family uh, situation. What we see here in David's life is he gets to it, but it's almost too late. Have things in order. And then this last thing. Whatever is ordered for you to do, do it. Do not pass off your responsibility. If you go over to chapter 2, verses 5 through 6, at the very end here, you've got David rambling on about some folks, really in chapter 2. Now again, he says some sweet things into Solomon's life. Go back and read those. It's wonderful what he shares with Solomon there, but but he gets, you go down to 228, He's he's fr- there's Joab, who again did not follow Absalom, but he follows this son, and so basically David just tells Solomon, don't let his gr- gray hair go down to the grave in peace. You take care of Joab. What he should have done years ago, he had already killed Abner without permission. Here, here, here he's, he's even in some sense with Absalom, and yet David uh, didn't take care of business, and he passed it off. You do that? Can I do that? Pastors, when a pastor knows he's leaving a church in the last year, does he put it on cruise control? Let the ne- next pastor deal with this? If you're leaving a job, do you just put it on cruise control? Let the next person deal with this? Uh, that, that, that person hurt me and my family. I'll let them deal with that. We can just pass things off. And it's interesting, we said last week that David chose a plague for the people over himself and so many people die. And here you see David again, knowing not to pass things off, and he does that. Now, he knows better. If you go to 2 Samuel 23, whether it's water, and he says, I don't want to drink water that I didn't earn or a threshing floor in the next chapter uh, that I won't take a burnt offering to the Lord that cost me nothing. He does that well. But here we see some things passed off. Again, our Savior won't do that. He's got the devil himself, the accuser of the brethren, staring him down in the wilderness three times. Pass it off. This Don't, don't drink that cup. Pass it off. Just, you, don't, you don't need to, to win salvation this way. Just leave. And Jesus says no. Peter takes Jesus aside later. You can't die. No, Jesus won't pass it off. This is his call. This is his purpose. This is his work to do for us, as, as we just so heard so beautifully sung, to take a crown of thorns that nobody else can take. I won't pass it off. What's mine to do, I will do. And again, in, in the midst of this season... That can happen, where we won't do what we need to do. And you see David not do it with Joab. You see him do it with Shemiah, or however you might pronounce that. There's a couple of pronunciations there. But again, he had cursed David through rocks. David should have whipped him then, but he didn't. He gave him grace. But then at the end, he says in 1 Kings 2.9, not just to not have peace, but here's what he says, Take his gray hair down to the grave with blood. That's what he says to Solomon. Take this, guy's down, take this guy down to the grave with blood. I'm pausing because that's it. That's the last word of David. That's it. The last word is this. This is the last thing you get because he didn't do what he should have done then. This ends up getting to be his last word. Word. What has God called you to do? What's God called you to do in, in terms of sharing the gospel with others? Because of our insecurity, because we don't want to mess things up, do we, do we pass that off? We were celebrating uh, this week in staff. One of our church members who had recently done the Alpha Course had an opportunity with somebody who was, I think, an elevator repair person who brought up topic maybe of church. There you are, a, a woman talking to a man in an elevator. Do I, do I feel awkward? He's brought up an issue. Do I speak? Stepped right up and started a conversation and didn't pass it off to the next person. Somebody else will someday speak into this person's life. The opportunity was there. They had prepared themselves to give an answer for the hope that was within them. When that opportunity came, stepped right into it. Are you and I passing that off to somebody else? Somebody else could do that better. Somebody else could be a Christian friend. I'm all tied up. Somebody else could serve on that church committee. I've got so much going on. Somebody else can. and We just pass things off, and we don't, as we see here in David, do what is called of us to do. How do we need to hear this word? There's grace here David has said here and elsewhere, God delights in me. So don't miss that. But also as we look at his life, we need to always check our own hearts and say, David gets it right eventually. A lot of his sons don't. Is there a place in my life where either I'm exalting myself, saying look at me, or even saying I'm not trusting God? and his timing and his provision, I'm gonna grasp and take things because I'm not trusting this will happen. I'm gonna grasp and take it from my brother. This should be mine. Jesus doesn't do that. It's only God's timing, only God's provision. He didn't grasp. And then also, how is it you and I need to be with the Lord after this crazy chaotic season to say, Lord, I need to get things in order in my quiet time. I need to get things ordered in my life in terms of a small group or connecting with somebody else. I need to get things in order in terms of mentoring somebody else. I need to get things in order with Jesus. And also, whatever he's called you to do, don't pass that off. Don't pass that off. Step out in faith, trusting if he's called you to do it, he'll he'll bring the fruit. He'll give you the power. He'll give you the words. Amen? Amen. Let's pray about that. Father, we thank you for this, your word. What we're seeing in the life of David and those around him, there's so much to celebrate there. But Father, as well, as we, as we look at our own lives and we look at our own struggles, we're, we're mindful of, of how we have missed w- what you've called us to do and who you've called us to be. So we pray that your word this week will continue to point those things out to us, words of encouragement that we need to hear of your delight in us, but also words of correction. Where we, can, where we can step back from ourselves and from our grasping and allow you to be God, your will, your timing, uh, to see, uh, Father, um, how we have maybe not taken the time, we've not been intentional to have things in order. Wherever that is, Father, would you, would you reveal those things to us? Help us in faith and in confidence to trust you, and to step out as well to do the things we know you have been clear with us to do. We thank you for this word. We thank you for your delight in us, for that deep encouragement. Now bless our response to this, your word. In your son's name, we pray this prayer for his glory. Amen.